Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Everyone, you're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7:30, and of course, it's Sunday morning and time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. We have a studio full of males this morning <laughs> from all different walks of life, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have a really interesting program for you. First up, of course, it's the second Sunday in the month, and that means Graham Sargent from Silky's Rose Farm is here. Good morning, Graham. Morning, Pam, and good morning, everybody out there in listening land. I bet you're all still in bed. <laughs> Lucky well, you They've got common sense, as my dad would say. <laughs> that's a good thing. Well, it doesn't stop them listening, does it? No, that's right. We, yeah, we, we've got to have the listeners. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, too right. And we also have to welcome back Graham Morrison. Good morning, Graham. Good morning, Pam. We haven't seen you for a while. No, that, that's right. We've been flapping our wings a bit, Leonie and I, so since I've been re- retired. Leonie likes to travel, so I've been overseas quite a bit. Well, we're so, going to have to yeah. hear about some of your, yeah, well, your latest I, I, exploits. I, I, I might give you real tra- travel logs. So you, you <laughs> be careful I don't dominate the show. No, yeah. no, you'll be fine. <laughs> and we also have to welcome back James Beatty. Good morning, James. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, everyone else. It's good to see the roads a little bit wet here on the way this morning. Look, we have had We got a wee bit, bit of, of rain, rain overnight, yeah, in the last couple of days. Yes. Yeah, I just wish that wind would bugger off. But, oh, um, the wind is a nightmare. It's just making it really difficult. And so, you know, I'm having to water my vegetable garden for the first time in winter in years. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, and it's it's one thing to keep in mind as well when, especially when that wind picks up and there's lack of there's lack of rain as well. Yes. That that you really actually do have to be irrigating a lot. So. Yeah. And if you've got things in pots, they really dry oh, out yeah, so absolutely. quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. old dad used to say, drought years, you get a lot of wind. And I reckon he's right, you know. Mm. And that exacerbates the whole situation because you've got the dry ground and dry plants and the wind's taking the moisture out of the plants as well. Mm. That's and right. That makes it difficult. And yeah. the poor old farmers, that wind is then picking up all the... Um, all the uh, the soil, yeah, yeah. you know, you dust, and that blowing dust, that, yeah, so you're that, getting that, dust storms yeah, yeah, with yeah, it as well, yeah. and um, they're losing yeah. their topsoil. And 100% of New South Wales is declared in drought. Yeah, 100%, yeah, 100% now. now. Oh. So. It's shocking. Mm. It's really mm. shocking. Absolutely. 
hard on the farmers out there, that's for sure. Absolutely, they're doing it very tough at the moment. Yeah, so predictions do seem to be that we're in for a hot summer this year. Yeah, it sounds a bit that way. Yeah, sure. There keeps being talk of kind of later rain... Kind of spring rain, but I, I'll believe that when I see it, the yeah. way the season's going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen at all. Yeah, it hasn't been the most, the most, the great season for cultivating optimism in the in the weather. So, yeah. so how does it affect someone who's trying to do garden designs? Yeah, Grace? look, it's a tricky one. It's a real tricky one. I've um. At the beginning of winter, I went around to all my clients' places and turned all their irrigation systems off. And then about a month later, I had to go back and reprogram them to come on for you know less than what they would in the hotter yeah, season. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. some of the some of the gardens I look after there are there are vegetable garden beds that are under eaves of houses. So you know oh. even you know even if within, if there was incidental rain, they're not going to get it anyway. But um, yeah, just look having to having to really monitor the level of moisture in the soil. Where, wherever I'm gardening, essentially, because invariably the first couple of inches might be a little bit damp, but then you get down below that and it's just bone dry. We've, mm. we've had no significant rain to recharge the subsoil at all, really. It's, it's and you really do need a decent fall, don't you? Even you when, do. where you've got mulch, you know, it's, it just it gets to the bottom of the mulch and doesn't go It doesn't go anywhere. That's right. It's so a do you thing. actually have to hold off planting if you're doing a new design? Well, it's actually it's actually kind of flipped that situation on its head this year. Usually I wouldn't be doing any planting in winter because the soil is usually far too damp and, you know, we all know that digging a wet soil is not a good idea. But it's been there's been such a lack of rain this year that I've actually been planting right through winter oh, for okay. clients. Yeah, yeah. Right. so it's enabled me to do a lot yeah. more planting than I would otherwise. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, that's mm. interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. but you know, it's picking species very carefully because yeah. oh, if yes. it's going to be very dry, yeah. Yeah. Kind of yes. season, and you don't want to be planting anything that's frost tender either. No, no, that's right. Not that there's been a bit a lot of that about either. There hasn't been yeah. actually. It's been a very mild winter. Yeah. So far. Come up to our place, we'll sell you um, frost for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We've had about 160. Oh, yeah, but right. in, in the higher country, it, 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 that's, that's really what's happened. Mm. Mm. But uh, the garden is still uh, around our place at Columbanane, Kilmore. It's still looking really good, and we've had, had quite a bit of rain. The rain's been patchy. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's really been patchy. But enough to, to get by. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yep, good. And keeping the compost heap moist. Yep. We've really got to begin to work on compost. And we're talking about humus. Mm. Humus is what we're after, which Absolutely. holds the moisture in the soil. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's true. And the biodynamic people will, will show you their com- compost, which they can r- roll up in a ball out of their, uh, out of their biodynamic heaps mm-hmm. and squeeze the moisture out, a ball as big as a, as a cricket ball. And they're really saying that this is what holds the moisture in the soil mm. over the years. Mm. And we're getting some advances in, in a lot of research with uh, soil microbes, finally working out that um, soil plays an enormous part in our whole environment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm. I mean, there's a whole hidden world mm. in that yeah, soil. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Recently they talked about we've still got another 60,000 soil microbes yet to be discovered. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Mm. That's saying that we know more about the soil on the moon than we do about the soil on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's where the money is sending things to the moon. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and humans now. Now, now we're going to have Space Force thanks to Donald Trump. So, you know, maybe I could sign up for the gardening legion of that or something. I don't know. Go and do some terraforming. Well, our only hope is he's the first one to go there. <laughs> yes. Solo on a one-way mission. I know. You've got to have stirrers in the world. You need stirrers. <laughs> Graham, where where are you up to with um, all your bare rooted roses? Are, are they still um, coming in? Have they finished coming in? Are you having to pot them all up now? Oh, where Pam, are you up to? The sky's the limit. <laughs> we've, we've got another a, a big big number of new releases this year, mm-hmm. and you know with that that's very positive because a lot of the roses are now coming out of roses that have been winning um, some awards with rose trials. Right. And of course, if they're they're not with um, they're, they're able to withstand the pressures of fungus and disease, then um, they won't stay around for long. And um, the flower carpets um, set that trend, yes, which is fantastic. Yes. The flower carpet roses are ex- extremely healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, to answer your question, Pam, there's um, still plenty of bare-rooted roses and they'll still be available right up until um, uh, end of September. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And there, and there's so many being sent out in the mail now. Um, 60 to 70 percent of what roses we sell are being s- sent out in the mail, right? In packages all over Australia, right? And and in spite of the drought, there's still a lot of people in Queensland and New South Wales um, ordering roses, We're ordering them. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Okay. And you you can tell people, hey, just a bucket full of water once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, add some liquid seaweed, makes the soil a lot more open, mm-hmm. and um, the roses will survive. Yeah. yeah. A lot of those orders come through from online now. Oh, yeah, they're, sure. they're online, yeah. yeah. yeah, sure, yeah. It is actually quite a bit more work. Yeah, yeah. Diana does a newsletter every every week. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, in the, rose, in the rose world, in horticultural world, people still want to know and understand. Mm, absolutely. And oh, as, yes. we, as we know with the seasons, every year is different. Mm-hmm. So there's always those... It's not. It's not static. It's not mm. like a machine. Mm. It, and Mother Nature is just so evolving, mm. which is, which is the great thing that I think our human spirit revels to. Yeah. You know, you look at, you look at the landscape, and 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 especially things like green. You would have seen that grain, grain yeah. up in the northern parts yeah, yeah. that you've been. Greens are yeah, an sure. extremely relaxing yeah, yeah, colour. Yeah, 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 Beautiful. Yeah. Particularly in Ireland where we were, Graham. Yeah. Mm. Really. Got a name for the green green hills. Yeah. Oh yeah. yes, absolutely. Until you get there, you don't really realise. You know, my gosh, it is green. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, 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 good rainforest. Yeah. You? Sorry. Mm. Yeah. So tell us where else you've been. Yeah. Well, the island one was a, a, a train trip, Pam. Oh, okay. And uh, that was interesting. Just you, uh, d- digs are on the tr- on the train. The bus follows the train around, so it takes you to different p- p- parts as as you go go through. One, you know, I wrote a diary as I go, and I think yeah, that'll do for three hours. Try and make a few interesting things. They, uh, they looked at their, their, their tree, tree coverage at one stage, so I think back, back, back a century, so, and all of a sudden they're down to about one percent of their island is, is, is in forest sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They're taking all their oak trees out to build boats in England. Oh, really? And, and then they've cleared so much for, for their ag- agriculture. And that's sort of dangerous. So now they've got it up to 11%, and still big incentives for farmers to uh, uh, allocate some of their some of some of their farmland to to plant forest forest trees, mm-hmm. which is a, an interesting one sort of thing. And that is a thing in Australia where we take two of our trees out, and of course you, know, you look at the world situation in Brazil and where they you know, a lot of deforestation. Is, oh yes. You know, we, 
we need the trees to mop up the nasty gases and stuff. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The amount of land clearing going on in Queensland at the moment is yeah, astronomical, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and especially yeah, around a lot of the, the yeah, things that flow into the Great Barrier just, Reef areas, and, and really it's, really it's not a very smart thing yeah, to be yeah, doing, yeah, clearing yeah, bush wholesale. We were in Japan, not just Japan, it was China last year, and they've really woken up to themselves. They've got so much pollution in their big cities and stuff. Mm. And you see truckloads of big tr- tr- trees that must have a big nursery situation going. Mm. So thousands of bare-rooted stuff, stuff that they're pl- planting all around their big cities to try and mop up some of the nasties you know, with their carbon dioxide. <coughs> but anyway, uh, get, getting back to my to, 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 to travel bit, bit, bits and pieces, uh, and then another interesting one probably people out there aware of the potato fam- famine that they had where their, their, their potatoes died <coughs> from a fun- fungus disease and they said two, two million people either died of starvation or em- em- emigrated at that stage of the game mm. it just shows you know how important uh, our, our plants are and you know and that mm. sort of si- 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 situation then, the, 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 then we, we, we got on a botanical t- t- tour first we, we, went, we went to Paris into there whenever I go in a, 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 a holiday and I go to a sit city James I always look for the botanical gardens I just can't help myself yeah you have to I yeah, yeah. Paris botanical gardens <coughs> go into their entrance and there's a wool of my pine for, for, for five or six metres <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I couldn't what at their entrance in a pro- prominent place I saw one in a greenhouse in the Glasgow botanic gardens oh, about this time go. last yeah, year yeah, yeah. and yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. quite a few all over the world yeah, now yeah, and yeah, the healthiest sure. one I've seen was glow- growing in bloody Glasgow <laughs> couldn't believe it I thought, well, that just doesn't work really does it <laughs> cool, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah but then uh, you walk you walk through the botanical gardens at Paris and it was very well labelled which is always good 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 to see mm. uh, and I, I thought you know most of all, all all the writing was in French and I've got no French at all but uh, you know there, there's the botanical names I, I heard uh, Stephen Ryan the other day talk to, 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 talking on that was must, must must have been uh, ABC and he's talking about nomenclature that word that I can't pronounce. yeah yeah that's a hard word we know thank you and uh, he, he was saying you know that's a universal language and mm. lo and behold you know because I can't speak any French there at least is that universal language and at least I can recognise a lot of the genes around the place. And yes. It, it, it's, it's great to have something that is universal, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even though the botanists do keep changing it at the moment. Oh, that's, 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 a point yeah. that's what keeps them in a job. They then got on this botanical tour and uh, you can read it to the leafless out there. I don't get anything for advertising. Uh, it, it really is. They do a great job sort of thing. This lady and... Uh, uh, I think, think she's Western, Western District started off a, a firm where just a few uh, uh, guard, garden trips in a, a truck around the place mm-hmm. and gradually developed it and now it's a worldwide thing sort of thing. Our good friend uh, uh, Simon Rickard R- 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 talked talk, talk with us. So he's, he's one of the guides, and yes. uh, I've been w- w- with him on that. They have a good guide. They'll come, come around to about a, a group of about 30 of us, sort of thing, so you get to know one another. <coughs> All like minded people. You talk, talk mm. plants and go to special specialty guards and stuff. Sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. We went down the same. And then. Uh, 
again, we're sort of at the, dig, the digs on the boat and you're you, you, you going out on buses and stuff. And they took us to this print, print princess, I can't pronounce it, the French, this Moutiers, and she fell in love with, the, with plants when she was at late teenagers and worked her garden virtually through until she was 94 when she, she, she died. And she's collected all plants from all over the world. Mm, you know? yes. She had these rod- rod- rhododendrons and <coughs> she, she, she didn't want them to block out the, the view, so she trimmed all the leaves, that sort of thing, to about two metres so you could sort of see underneath, okay. which is a d- different way to go. Mm. She, she had a wool and white pine there in, in, in the mix as well. Then uh, we got down to... Uh, uh, come on, Graham... Uh, uh, the vest of Vaval, and the latest showed us around, around her garden. Again, that garden and massive rhododendrons, as big as a small house, you know, yeah, right. and, and, and banks of them. Mm. Spectacular stuff. I looked, Pam, I looked at one of the butts of the trees. That exaggeration would be 30 centimetres across the, the diameter of the, not the circumference, the diameter yes. of the thing. Wow. And the, the, the wood was a little like crepe myrtle. Mm. That, that lovely, you know, glossy, velvety, beige colour. And that lady's showing us around her 32 acres of garden, I think. Initially, it was her husband was a big businessman, came out there to escape from everything. He wanted some peace and quiet, and he made this lovely garden. I admired her, Graham. She, she's showing us all, the, all all through the garden, and she's picking out an odd weed as she goes, sort of thing. Yeah. That, that's a true garden. Yeah. Well. Oh, oh, yes. Sort of you can't help it. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's de- definitely an addiction. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, but then, then we uh, were able to go f- f- finish that tour of a few other good you know, private gardens. And we got, got, got across to England, did the, uh, the, the rail under the, uh, under the water, what do you call mm. it, the Euro rail, and got, got to the Chelsea Flower Show. Oh, oh. Yeah, is that the first time you've been, yeah, Graham? Yeah, it is, after the, all, all these years. It's something that I've always you know, wanted to do, Pam. And uh, that was amazing. You know, it really exceeded my expectations. Specialist growers that, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, specialist Rhododendrons, you've got specialists, some of the pe- pe- tree, 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 tree peonies. And lots of roses, yeah, mate. Ro- roses everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> the prickly weeds. There's <laughs> <laughs> a great display, basic, basically David Austin. Yes. Around, but yeah. Beautiful. And, and all the displays were just spot on. There's only mm. four, five or six days they have them there, so it's all pristine condition. Mm-hmm. And it's the one opportunity for these specialist growers to, to market their stack, put it out, out there in, in front, front, front of the people. And you, you think tu, tu, tuberous begonias, do you see them up at Ballarat? And they're, they're great. These were bigger, you know, massive. massive, massive and it was something that really st- stayed in my memory. Yes. And, uh, you know, then they had that in, in, in dis- interspersed with uh, uh, del- delphiniums. And uh, just, I think the other, the other one, uh, Jack Manoy hybrid cl- clematis. Oh, and right. There's been a lot of breeding going on, and some of the colours and the sizes of those are un- un- unbelievable stuff. Yeah. They're dahlias there, which is out of season because it's really, really their spring. And yet, 
you know, they had them all different colors and all their breeds. They must have put them in artificial color, mm. and lo, 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 light and, and temperature to get, get them in at that, 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 that stage of the game. But this massive glass pavilion that houses all these different things. And I got there at 8 o'clock and they took, took me out at 4 o'clock. And I right. didn't have any lunch. I just about had it by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, soaked so much of it up, you know. Really good. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it's uh, high time we do invite our listeners to join us. If you'd like to ask a gardening question this morning, we've got uh, Graham Morrison, who's our fruit tree guru. We've got uh, Graham Sargent from Silky's Rose uh, Farm in Clonbernain. And we've got James Beatty, who's horticulturalist and garden designer. So do give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 9. Four one nine zero one double five. Now we don't have uh, anyone on the outside line this morning, so uh, just if you'd like to uh, speak to the team on air this morning, nine four one nine zero one double five. We'd love to hear from you. I'm going to get to some community announcements while I've got the chance. Uh, there are a few things on uh, today. Firstly, the Waverley Bonsai Group is uh, into day two of its annual show. Uh, now, it's running through from um, uh, 10 through to 4 o'clock today. It's at the Mount Waverley Community Centre. That's on the corner of Stevenson Road and Miller Crescent there in Mount Waverley. Uh, admission, adults $5, children under 16 are free. And, of course, lots and lots of bonsai, lots of bonsai experts there to uh, uh, give you friendly advice on uh, anything you might need. Now, also on today, this afternoon, is uh, the next themed walk down at Geelong Botanic Gardens. This is run by the Friends Group there. Uh, it starts at 2 o'clock. You meet the guide at the front steps of Geelong Botanic Gardens. Cost is a gold coin donation. And this one is entitled Flowers of the Islands. It's uh, a walking presentation of the Botanic Gardens collection of flora from various islands such as the Canary Islands, New Caledonia and Lord Howe Island. So you can learn how plants have developed unique characteristics in modern times in response to changing ecological conditions in the Pacific region. As I said, meet your guide at uh, 2 o'clock at the front steps there, and uh, so that is today as well. Uh, coming up, um, there is uh, a talk being presented by Encouraging Women in Horticulture. This is uh, to learn all about the amazing life of Ina Higgins. Um, it's a presentation by Sandra Pullman, uh, together with Friends of Burnley Gardens, and this is coming up next Saturday, the 18th of August. Now, Ina Higgins was one of the first women permitted to attend Burnley College in 1899. Ina proved to be a formidable figure, furthering the rights of women both in the horticulture industry and the wider community. So Sandra will present her research showing how many of the issues Ina fought for are still relevant, uh, relevant today. Now, complementing this presentation... The president of the Friends Group, Sandra McMahon, will talk about her organisation, the gardens and her journey in horticulture. Now, everyone's welcome. Uh, as I said, it's next Saturday, the 18th of August. Uh, start time is 2 o'clock. The venue is the QPO Cafe, 186 High Street in Kew. It's on the corner of Cotham Road there. Uh, 
uh, and the queue room is upstairs. Uh, now, cost, if you're a member of Encouraging Women in Horticulture, $25. Non-members, $35. Students, $20. Uh, that's student members, $20. Non-member uh, students, $30. And refreshments are included for that one. Uh, and uh, as I say, you, if you, you probably do need to book, I would say, yes, you do need to book. And if you go to events at ewha.com.au, so that's events at ewha.com.au for that one. Now, uh, also, uh, this is one a bit further away. This is um, a show coming up. It's a camellia and garden show. Uh, it's coming up on the weekend of 18th and 19th of August at the Mount Waverley Community Centre. Again, Miller Crescent, Mount Waverley. Now, it'll open at 1 o'clock on Saturday, the 18th of August, and runs till 5 o'clock that day. Then on the Sunday, it'll run from 10 through to 4.30. It's a competitive uh, camellia garden and floral arts show, so it's also featuring the special children's section, and there'll be hundreds of camellia blooms on display, along with camellia plants for sale. Entry is $5. Children entry is free. And finally, uh, just an advance notice, uh, again from the Friends of Burnley Gardens, they've got a plant sale coming up on Wednesday the 29th of August, 12 noon through till 3pm. Uh, you can choose from a selection of native and exotic, deciduous and evergreen trees and shrubs, perennials, bulbs, succulents, indoor and food plants. The location is outside the Student Union building, parking, of course, on Yarra Boulevard there, uh, there's no car access onto the campus um, and uh, payment will be by cash only for that one. So uh, that's uh, 29th, Wednesday the 29th, 12 till 3 for the Friends of Burnley plant sale. Okay, well, uh, we have our, already our first caller, so we'll go to uh, Sharon in Cheltenham. Good morning, Sharon. Ah, good morning. And um, thanks for I, ringing back. I think you rang in last week, didn't you? I did, yes. Well yes. done. Okay, Graham. Uh, okay. I think this one's for you. Yes, yeah, thank you. Sharon, how are you? Uh, good, thank you, Graham. Um, look, my question. I was thinking of planting a mandarin tree. Yes, yes. Uh, I live in Cheltenham. Are they a worthwhile proposition, or are they? Oh, no, they're, they're a worthwhile pr proposition. You, you're talking to a bit of an addict on uh, citrus trees here, so yeah, you've got to take that in consideration a bit. But uh, is it a sandy soil you've got there? Yes, it is. Yeah, sure. And that you don't have to worry too much about the dra drainage in that case, which, you know, you, they're ideal for uh, citrus down, down that area. Uh, I think on our heavy soils here, uh, uh, I mean Don Doncaster, M M Manningham, and they, we usually try to plant them on trifoliata, which is a, a more resistant to w w water logging in, in heavy soils. But down there, if you get a on, if you, we're talking about the rootstock here, and uh, if you could get it on either Cleopatra or sw Swingle, that'd, that'd be ideal for your for your sandy soil there. Sandy soils, you need you know, plenty of compost in there and, and, and uh, good animal manure to get the citrus going. They love that. But as far, Sharon, as far as the actual 
variety is concerned, I, I, I would say Imperial is your best known mandarin. Ah, yeah. well, I saw one in the local nursery. Yeah. I thought I'll wait to speak yeah, to you yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, you know, the, the skin ah. comes off very well. It's, 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 it's quite sweet. Uh, if you can... Uh, uh, it, it, the, the only downside, I suppose, it, it's very seedy. And uh, personally, I don't mind a few seeds rattling around in my mouth. You know, I think it's rather, rather, rather pleasing, to tell you the truth. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Have a spitting competition. <laughs> 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 that car's full of seeds. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there is a, a Japanese seed, seed, seedless, if you wanted to go for a seedless one. That's a scrawny sort of a tree, early days. It seems that if you trim it, it, get, it gets better, but certainly not, not, not as sweet as the Imperial. The Imperial's got a, a fairly good, good, good tang to it. It's, 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 it's a pleasant, it's a pl- a ple- pleasant fruit. So, if you get an imperial on a swing, swingle, if you get them on the the, the old stock, stock was what they're called rough lemon or citronella, and that that uh, it tends to be sub- subject to co- co- cholera and it will, uh, it, 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 although it grows fast, it, it, it's not not such a lo- as long a liver as the the other the other stocks. But you you plant one of those, it's a joy. I've, I've got. Uh, a, 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 a lovely one. This, it's an interesting one. Sharon, I, I had a uh, an imperial mandarin. It's on a trifoliator stock, and that they're a little bit sweeter on a trifoliator stock. Uh, and then I, I grafted on onto that a a, a, a lang navel orange. Right. That, that, that's the sweetest orange I've ever had. There must be something about that intermediate sort of thing from the, the trifolio stock, and then, then then you've got you've got the imperial mandarin, and, and, and onto that I've, I've grafted. It's, it's a sweet like honey, Graham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. an interesting one. I don't think anyone probably played around with that one before, but okay. it's an interesting one if you want a really sweet orange. So, Graham, where um, <clears throat> Is Sharon going to find it fairly easy to to get the correct rootstock? Yeah, that that could be a, could, could be a bit of a problem. That that that's true. Is the nurserymen like to grow the fast growing mm-hmm. c- c- citronella or, or, or r- r- rough lemon? Is a good citrus producer mm-hmm. that she could at least um, mm-hmm. um, talk to or? Yeah, uh, uh, yes, I put, put, put my thinking cap, cap on there. There's a nursery up in the Dandenongs, isn't there, Graham? Yeah, that, that that's true. Now, I just uh, the, the name uh, the, the, the name uh, passes me by, by at the moment. But Murray Valley yeah. Nursery, if you Google that one, Sharon, yes. uh, and, and, and they wouldn't and even if you gave, gave, the, gave them a ring up at head, headquarters. Uh, I'm sure sure they'd be able to sort sort you out on a on, on a good rootstock. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Graham, is regarding the gall wasp. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we've got two lemons and an orange, and the orange doesn't seem to get it as badly no. as the lemon. That that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be similar to an orange. Yeah, mandarins don't seem to be quite, quite, quite a subject mm. to the, 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 the. They do the seem to love lemons mainly, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and yeah. and limes, James. They yes, they limes. Love, love yeah. a lot, lot lime as well. But uh, yeah, just the time to remind people well, out I'll there. Or, or, August is a good time to prune out anything mm. because. In, in, in August, they, the little uh, <coughs> insects emerge and they go and infect you know, new, new shoots around the place. So the more, you know, 
goals you can cut out at this stage of the game, the better. Mm. Yep, mm. yep. So, so Sharon, um, because you are in the sandy soil, um, if you go back to your nursery, I would check out if they yeah. can tell you what rootstock it's on. Yes, that'll be good to do that, and it'd be interesting to see if it's still there. Mm. I, I know also the um, the people with the Heritage Fruit Society place a lot of emphasis on the rootstock that's yeah. used for their yeah, different um, for, for sure. varieties of, of fruit trees because it, it actually makes quite a difference, so it's worth checking yeah. out. I've written all that down. I, I thank you very much, Pam and Graham. Okay. No, Sharon, go good on, on you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Seeing as citrus gall wasp has popped up, I've brought in a product today that I'm about to start trialling in my garden and my clients' gardens. Yeah. But um, it's called Surround, and it's basically a type of um, refined cowlin clay that you can uh, dissolve in water, yeah, okay, yeah. spray onto. So it acts as a physical barrier to stop yeah. things like citrus gall wasp from actually yeah, yeah, coming yeah. and laying yeah, its eggs yeah, in the new gosh. growth. So yes, yes, it yes, is something yeah. you have to keep reapplying for it to be effective. Um, how, how do you spell that name, James? Um, the the actual product name is just Surround. Um, oh, so yes, it's, so it's pretty. It's it's. There's a few people around Melbourne who sell it. I had to go to um. I had to go to a supplier in Yarra Glen yesterday to pick up a big big bag of it. Um, but you get quite a bit for what you pay for it. Um, I've I've read a few trials that some people have done with its effectiveness on citrus gall wasp, and it looks pretty promising. Really. Um, the only downside is that it makes your tree look like it's kind of covered in ash or soot or something like that. So but what it, you sprinkle? How do you apply? You it? you you mix it up in water and you yeah, use a sprayer. Spray so right. so it's it's refined to the extent that it's not going to clog up a spray nozzle. So it makes it much easier to oh, to apply good. it to yep. a whole tree. And you use between 30, 30 grams and fifty grams per litre. Um, and it, it really is a physical barrier. So if, if it rains heavily, you've got to reapply it. Um, yep. you know, if, if it's, if even if it's really dry and windy, sometimes you'll have to reapply it because it'll come off. And when your tree is growing actively in the summer, in the spring and summer months, and it's putting out, you know, a few flushes of new growth, that new growth has to be applied, you know, has to have that applied to it as well for right. it to have an effect yeah, yeah. for, for citrus yeah, gall wasp. Graham probably has an experience with that with the, uh, the, the the milk products that they use on on roses or mm. your, your specific oils, like the echo, echo oil. Mm-hmm. That's echo like, oil. It's like a barrier to stop mildew getting on the, on the leaf, isn't it? Yeah. So, mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and works in conjunction with the fungicide. Yep. Yeah, and gives okay. a good spreading effect, the eco mm. oil, which is made from malaleuca, eucalyptus and yeah. canola oil. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah, it's mm. a, it's a, it's a, Aussie invented, mate. Yeah, really, really it's a good product. Yeah, yeah, I'll second it, definitely. Mm. Yep. Um, so, so this literally works as a barrier? Essentially, yeah, just yep. physical barrier. Um, yep. And it's, it's a product that's... So cowl and clay is used a lot in like the beauty industry for making oh, face washes and that kind of stuff. So, okay. um, but now it's kind of having. I'm not sure how long this product's been around. I've only really just cottoned onto it in the last couple of months. Um, so I'm interested to see how it goes. But the 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 interesting thing about it is that you know, despite the fact that it does, it's like a kind of a prophylactic kind of effect. So it's got to it's got to have that physical coverage of that new growth to stop the gall wasp from from reinfecting the tree. Um, 
But at the same time, if you've got citrus that is coughing a bit of western sun and maybe it gets a bit sunburnt, it's actually a good thing to apply as well because mm. the, the, the white kind of ghosty <laughs> coating, it, it'll, ref- reflect. it'll reflect a lot of heat. So, um, so I mean, I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm not seeing its praises yet because I haven't seen it. No, okay. The other, the other yeah. thing when you're spraying is you could concentrate on the new growth because exactly the, right. the goal was that the only goes for the new yep. growth. Okay. That's a good, good thing. The other thing I was re- reading recently, uh, a, a new deal with this uh, uh, leaf miner. Whether you know that one on yep. on uh, it's a little guy that makes little trails around, and you see these little little tra- trails on again, again on the new <coughs> the new growth. Mm. And they're saying if you could put a, a, a spray on a week, weekly spray, really of your e- 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 echo oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 d- December and January, and you mm-hmm. put it through there, you, 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 you minimise the, the risk of getting that little devil on mm. you. Know, and it's always late summer that you get the yeah, things, that's isn't true, it? Yeah, sure. You yeah, always yeah, see yeah, it then. Yeah, 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 sure. <coughs> okay, well, that's that's an interesting one. Mm. You'll have to report so back. So I'll definitely to, report back. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, that sounds great, particularly if you've got neighbours who haven't bothered to, to cut out their gall wasps. And You're just going to get too. constantly get <laughs> yeah. reinfected. Yeah, that's right. Sure. Yes. So the idea that you can mix up just I'm just going to get like one of those little leader sprayers, the yeah, agitator sure. sprayers, yes. and and just yeah. keep an eye on the tree and every time it puts out a flush of new growth, I'm just going to go hard this year and make sure that it's always covering it because if I can't control it to an extent this year that I can, if I don't reduce it at least by about 80% incidence, I'm ripping my citrus out and I'm, and I'm going to grow apples or something yes, instead in right. my backyard. It really is a menace of a thing. It is. Oh, it it's, is. it's right Shocking. out there in our suburbs. Mm. It's really bad news. Yeah. Well, I planted two citrus. I planted a, a lemon and a lime last year, the beginning of spring, and they leafed out and they grew really well, but as soon as the weather warmed up, bang, you could see the citrus gall wasp on the emerging yeah, growth. Yeah, yeah. So then once the emerging growth got to maturity and we got into kind of autumn when the galls yeah, start to yeah, swell, yeah, to swell, every single bit of new growth on the tree was infected. And I just thought, I'm going to tear my hair yeah, out yeah, here. So yeah. That's just too bad. I cut off what I absolutely had to, but I did the slicing yeah. thing as well yeah, where you can sure. expose the yeah, larvae yeah, and dry yeah, them yeah, out yeah, and yeah, the tree yeah, can heal over yeah, that. Yeah. And that seems to have been quite effective, but... I think I, uh, doing pruning around our, our area in Kilmore, mm. my observation is a lot of people let their citrus trees get too big, mm. and um, and then it's like the, the 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 lesions and stuff that's on the tree is not seen. They're not. It's not an awareness thing. Yeah. And um, also, of course, if if you can reduce your the tree canopy size, you don't have to cl- climb up on ladders to give things a prune. Mm, and um, if that's if that's a challenge, you know, a lot of citrus grows on farm on farm properties and farm mm. gardens, and mm. people tend to forget about it. Mm. Forget about it, just so long as I'm getting the lemons or whatever else. Yep. Yeah. And um, if people can keep that canopy down, yeah. they've got a greater chance yeah. of yeah. of yeah. observation. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah, the right. other thing that comes in there, Graham, is to grow, grow, grow your citrus on dwarf stocks. Right. You know, this, this, yeah, uh, f- sure. Flowing, flowing dragon. Because mm-hmm. it's stocked, you, know, you only get uh, about a m- 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 metre, two metres at, at, at most out of a tree. Mm-hmm. And that makes so so much difference. Like you say, I've got a lemon that's over, overgrown, it's getting too big. <coughs> and, and, you know, you, you, you search for the gall sort of thing and yeah. you think you've got them all. And it's one, you know, where they get, it's a big and a, mm. it's, a, it's a task that's a bit too much for you. 
better actually achieve yep. when you get a big tree. You get a smaller tree, you got a lot better chance of, you know, uh, they fit into in, into our gardens a lot lot better <coughs> the smaller trees. You don't want a whacking big orange tree or a mm. whacking big lemon tree unless you want to feed the whole street for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's go to our next caller, and we have uh, Robert in Ashwood. Good morning, Robert. Oh, hello. Yes, go ahead. Ah, uh, yeah, look, I've got a, um, a, a an area where I want to uh, put some fruit trees and I was thinking of the spaliering them, but it's it's against a, a brick garage and it, but it gets the western sun. Yeah. I'm really looking for something that's going to be fairly resilient in, in that environment. So I'm just I was thinking of either, either maybe a fajoa or a... Or a mandarin, or yeah. even a persimmon. Just wondering what, what, how they do. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, the, the the art of spidering started in Eng- England, where they couldn't grow their, their uh, stone fruit trees, but they found if they put them on a wall and faced them to the south, where the sun is in over that hemisphere, they got away with the bricks warmed up and gave gave them warmth through their cold nighttime temperatures. So it's on for sure. I think, uh, yeah, the, the westerly sun worries you a little bit. It's probably preferable, you know, uh, east, easterly face or northerly face. <clears throat> What's the toughest there? You know, a, a plum will be to, to take, take it, and I reckon a peach would get away with it well. Uh, Persimmon, I've never seen a spade. I suppose you could have spade it, but per- persimmon. I have seen yeah, them yeah, as yeah, yeah. Graham, yes. Yeah, sure. You know, another pretty t- t- tough tree. Uh, like James was saying a minute ago, you know, in, in severe hot we- we weather, a citrus against a brick wall facing the west, you, you, you might be asking for trouble a bit. But I okay. think, uh, yeah, just gen- generally your stone fruit, I reckon you get away with an apricot, a nectarine, peach, and plum. I would, I would fancy those. You bet, bet, best bet to tell you the truth. Yeah. Plums are pretty tough, aren't they, Graham? They're, oh they're, yes, they're, they are. They're, 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 tough they're, critters. They're, 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 they're a tough tree. Mm. Okay. Again, your fijoa tends to sucker a bit of fijoa, and with it, you'd be able to control it on a, as an aspalia tree. It might it, be it, a bit problematic. Yeah, might I not. think a little bit difficult. Yes. Yeah, 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 but, uh, have a go, have, have a go for sure. You know, it's, they're wonderful things. I've got so many around my last count in my garden, Pam. I've got for, for 45 different fruit, fruit trees and ber- 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 berry trees, and <laughs> many of them are espaliered. Right. I'm afraid the espalier is not to the, you know, the, the nth uh, the exacting d- 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 design. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, James, for, 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 for the word. But uh, some, some of them on a easterly face and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's, there's, there's plum, plum, plums on a northerly face, and they're, they're fine. Mm. Uh, again, right, right against a brick, a brick wall again. Uh, what, so, what sort of um, what sort of plum? The old yeah. Mariposa is a good one. He's a self-pollinating one. It's a, that's a blood plum. It's a bigger plum than the old uh, Satsuma plum. Lovely, juicy, and uh, a, 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 a good flavour. Yeah, beautiful, fresh, flesh cream. Yeah, too, yeah, too hot. Yeah, really good. Re, 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 really dark, dark. I'm, re, I'm re, licking, re, I'm re, licking re, my lips <laughs> and my chops already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But you just got to watch with plums. Some varieties need a, a mate. They're, they're not self-pollinating. Like if you put an Angelina in it, needs King King Billy. You you put put uh, uh, Santa Rosa in it, and it needs a, a, a narrow bean. So you just got to watch that. But if you know it's a fairly long wall, if you put 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 one of each, you just have you know. Again, Google uh, fruit, fruit trees, and they'll tell you the the, the mate you'd need. But uh, you can either go Japanese varieties, or you can go European varieties. The uh, Japanese varieties, uh, they, uh, they 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 bear fruit on their their new growth, like peaches do, where the old uh, Japanese variety, the sorry, the European varieties tend to the two two the second year growth, they they have their flowers on. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, if you wanted one good plum, Mar- Mariposa, Japanese blood plum, beautiful. Okay, excellent. Uh, thank you very much for that. Good, okay, good, 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 good on you, Robert. Robert. Bye. And next up, we have uh, Anne in Whittlesea. Good morning, Anne. Oh, good morning. Thank you for for your show. It's just fantastic. Um, that's around me. Pleasure to hear about. Yeah, thank thank and, you. And um, I'm just ringing, really, for my daughter who wants to plant a fig tree, but we don't know which tree, yeah. which sort. Mm. <coughs> she is living in Whittlesea also. Yes, well, I would, the best flavour, it's a little bit, you know, personal, that I like what they call brown turkey. It doesn't get quite as big as some of the other figs, and it's a lovely flavoured fig. The one that most people go for is... Come on, Graham. Preston Prolificus one, and there's another one. But uh, uh, since I've left the nursery, some of these na- names escape me these days. Get good reports about brown turkey, Graham. Yeah, brown, okay. yeah. brown turkey. Yeah. Brown, brown turkey is, is certainly the best. That one where I, I just got think one. again about the politicians. They're turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I have to in that. Thank you very much. Okay, um, wonderful. Bye. 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 The other one that I did this this uh, escape me is black black genoa. Oh that, yes, that big oh, yeah. glamorous figure mm. that yes. looks good, but I don't think it's got quite the flavour. I think brown I turkey is, yeah, is really a, good. I'm a fan of white Adriatic. Yeah. Yeah. I love oh, yes. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's like strawberry yeah. jam when you open up those little yeah. babies. Yeah. Yeah. Great, yeah. <laughs> and, and full of nutrition, honey, yeah. mate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, full of goodies. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a beautiful piece of fruit to eat. You know, I've uh, built myself a cage where I've got a fig and a and a, a, a cherry. I'm the only thing you can get in there. Birds and possums can't get in. Mm-hmm. And I've got a gate and I can get in there very easily. You, you just laugh at them, can't yeah, you, Graham? You, you, <laughs> you stay outside my cage. You yeah. sat in there eating them, mocking them, and going, oh, these are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> See what I've got. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Come your nose at them, mate. <laughs> but, but it enables you to, to pick a mature piece of fruit. Yeah. It makes so much difference. You, you yeah. get in to a, a lovely fig that's matured yep. on the tree. Yes. It's a beautiful piece of Still a bit warm from tree. the sun as oh, well. Yeah. It's just yeah. all, yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Heaven, heaven. Everybody's drooling around <laughs> the, the studio here. Look at, oh. Well, while we're talking figs, um, I was in, in, in France recently yeah. and we were very surprised to see that uh, that some of the gardeners there um, freeze their figs whole. Mm-hmm. They simply line them um, individually yeah. on, yeah. on trays so that they're not yeah. touching each other yes. and yeah. actually freeze yeah. them. Right. And when they bring them out to thaw them, yeah. um, 
they, they, you know, they, they just saw them for half an hour and, and then they're, and they're, they're ready, ready for eating and, really and it brings out the sugars in them. So oh, they, they yeah. almost, because you know how a fruit can go a little bit more, more yeah. soft and yeah, almost sure. mushy. Well, it yeah. brings out, uh, the natural juices in the yeah. fig and it, you would swear that yeah. they had actually right. been, um, maybe cooked in a sugar syrup or something. Right. It right. was fantastic, but nothing yeah. had been, no preparation at all, simply yeah. frozen yeah. straight off the tree because, because fresh figs really don't keep. No, no, if no, you buy no, them in the supermarket, no, they're useless. Yeah, I mean, no, they're, right. they're, they're, they're no, too no, far no, gone no, already. Not, not, not good at all. Yes. No, that, um, oh. but this is a way of keeping yeah. them and mm. they were just delicious. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. It's well I'll, worth I'll, a try. I'll, I'll try it for sure. That, yeah. that sounds re- re- really good. Yeah, so... Ian Tolly was talk, talking about citrus, and he was saying that if you pick the citrus and you put it in the crisper for a while, okay. a, a similar sort of th- thing, oh, if it lasts yeah. a couple of weeks in there, 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 and a week, I suppose, depending on what fruit fruit goes in with your citrus, citrus fruit, but uh, they're more juicy. You can get... That seems the, 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 the juice... Uh, it's not collecting it, but it, 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 I suppose it gives, gives off its juice from the little for f- f- fruit sacks more readily sort of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Another ploy. Yes. <laughs> another ploy. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're delighting at our place with the pink lady apples. Right. And fantastic uh, last two two or three years with them. And on a dwarf rootstock grown. Yeah, good one. And, and we tend to get a lot at one time, so I yeah. share them with, with the bantams. Okay, and they give them a couple of apples yeah. a day, and yeah. they get yeah. stuck in them. Yeah. <laughs> <I> love Lovely, <laughs> but they keep well, keep yeah. very well. Yeah. 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 Okay, we must go to our next caller. We have uh, Liz in Coburg. Good morning, Liz. Oh, hi. Um, I've got a question for um, Graham Sargent. Mostly, I think it's about pruning roses. <clears throat> Pardon me. Specifically, old-fashioned roses. Yes. I just wondered if he had any tips about. Um, some of the that I have. Of course, my toddler's now yelling at me. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so one in particular is the Rose the Rest, which I believe is a Portland rose. Right. Um, is, that, have, is that a once flower for you? Is it flowering? Does it flower only once in the year? Oh, um, no. It, it's a repeat one. It's a repeat. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. It, and it's, um, oh, it's a beautiful smelling, you know, like very strong Turkish delight. Smelling rose is beautiful, and that's probably the only reason I'm keeping it because the shrub is such an ugly shape. It's uh, it's very different, you know, from the hybrid tea um, in structure. It's very multi-stemmed, and I'm looking at it right now. You know, quite thin kind of branches. The more I prune it, the worse it gets. I'm obviously doing something wrong because it just puts on a huge spurt of growth. Well, Um, that's what pruning does, unfortunately. The idea of pruning, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but is there any way that I... So it's got very bare... It's very, The branches are very bare around the bottom and it's just all green at the top. It gets very tall. Um, right. It's just... Uh, is there any way I can kind of constrain the size? <laughs> all right, well... Making it just grow even bigger every time I prune it. What you're challenged with is, is to, um, on the bush, take at least... Um, three branches out of old wood. Of old wood? You'll okay. know that it's all gnarly. Come back yeah. right to the stock at the bottom and, okay. and trim off there. Right. And, and that'll encourage more growth from the base. Oh, okay. okay. So then the, they'll be sort of shorter branches if yes, they're coming from the they base? Will. Oh, yeah. that's, and then, that's interesting. That's sort of the opposite of what I've been doing. I've just sort of been and, trimming the top, yeah. And do that every year. Take out two or three pieces of the old wood 
Okay, and can I do that now? Or yes, you I, can. Is yes, this you a can. Good time? Yes. Good. All right. That's that's good. I wondered if um, if it if it would uh, if the time of year would um, affect you know the amount that it grows grows when I prune it. Would it shoot up less if I pruned it at certain times of the year, well, or is that not really my problem? Well, you, well, you <laughs> certainly certainly can. What we what's called summer pruning, but it's actually uh-huh. trimming. So when yes. the flowers develop in in uh, spring, uh-huh. when they finished, trim them back. You know anything up to about um, in the old language about uh-huh. eighteen inches from where the flower has been. And then it shouldn't because it's summer. Yeah. You, you'd expect that it wouldn't sort of shoot up as much. Then it, it'll tend to bush out more, and oh, then you should good, get okay. more flowers. All right. So I take out three or so old branches right at the base. Yeah, right down and to the base. summer, yes. I uh, just trim off those flowers after yes. they bloom. And, and, at, right. and at the base, if you can use some liquid seaweed, oh, okay. just yes. water that over that base and that'll bring on the new growth. Oh, all right. That's okay. okay. The, yes. the, the natural hormones in, 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 in the rose will bring on that new growth down at the base and keep it more stocky for you. That sounds fantastic. All right. I'll give that a go. Thanks okay. so much, Graham. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, next up, we have um, Elaine in Burwood. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. Haven't called in for a very long time. No, you time. haven't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great to hear you all. Um, my daughter gave me two very small Daphne plants, very small, uh, little twiggy things that she had grown herself and had them growing and now they're six inches tall in six inch pots and I've got a lovely spot in the garden and it gets um, morning sun to lunchtime and then it's in the shade. Do you think that's good? Yeah, that's ideal. Daphne loves morning sun. Spot on, really. And what should I put in as far as... uh, uh, something to help them go along now. Uh, is, is it lime that you put with Daphne? Um, it depends on what your soil's like to begin with. Um, kind well, of liming for the sake of well, liming. Well, we've just dug out a great big old um, agapanthus. Right, right. Um, and they're gone to more. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Very good. Um, yeah, look, I would, I'd just dig in a bit of, um, a bit of compost or cow manure or something like that before you plant them, essentially. Just, just prep your soil a little bit, maybe a few weeks before you put the Daphne in the ground. Yes. Um, I've got wonderful homemade compost. Oh, yeah, well, perfect. that sounds absolutely perfect. Yeah. Right. Cause they really don't right. like wet feet. So they, oh, they, yes. they really, yes. they really need good drainage and your, your homemade compost is really going to kick that along. Um, so yeah, dig in a bit of that and plant them. And look, they're generally they're generally pretty easy. They're pretty tough. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Once a uh, once a very hot summer comes, I might put up a little bit of shade for them or something. You can do that, but the aspect that you're putting them in sounds pretty much perfect anyway. Yes. If they're getting sun until about midday, yes. um, that's yes. that's. Absolutely I mean, I've fine. got Daphne's in that exact same. Um, Position, position and I don't have to cover them in summertime, mm. they're fine mm. because be, they're by the tough. time the summer yeah. comes, the, 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 the afternoon comes, they're mm. out of the sun anyway. Mm. That's right. And the other thing was that I heard our gentleman friend, elderly gentleman friend, uh, talking about a red, juicy plum. 
<laughs> and nice. I just didn't know, I hadn't heard the name before and I've missed it. So could you spell it to me, please? Sure, that, that, that's Mar- Mariposa. And how do you spell it? Yes, M-A-R. M-A-R. My spelling's not all that good, but I think it's A, Mara, M-A-R-A-P-O-S-A. You got it there? I'll go, go over it again. O-P-A-S-A. Yes, O-S-A. Mariposa. So it's spelled as it's pronounced. Yep. Basically, yeah. mm. pretty close there. Yeah, Mariposa, that's no, spot on. Okay. Yep. Thank, 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 thank you. Well, yeah, we're, we're just with your Daphne there, I think, as Pam said, the only worry about if they were waterlogged, they don't like that. And just a oh, boon- no, there wouldn't be waterlogged oh, where okay, I'm putting me. If, if you think that's a problem, you build not bit- like the front lawn at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> okay, then, well, I'll be fine, All the Elaine. very best to you all, and I have missed you, but... Uh, well, it's uh, great to hear you back. Uh, okay. okay. Good luck to everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. You are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. We're running through until 9.15. If you have a gardening question this morning, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, in the studio this morning, we've got Graham Morrison, as uh, you've probably gathered, is our fruit tree guru. You have Graham Sargent from Silky's Rose Farm in Clombinane. And you have James Beatty, who's a horticulturist and a garden designer. So uh, we'd love to hear from you, 94190155, to speak to the team. James, let's, while we've got the chance, let's have a chat about the plant you brought in. Sure, no worries. I've, um, I've only brought one plant in today, just this... Still not much happening in my garden. I'm kind of a kind of a late spring, summer, autumn kind of garden peaker at my place. So this time of year is usually pretty subdued. But I have got um, quite a lot of these in my back garden at the moment that I'm about to plant at a client's place. Um, it's uh, Libertia Goldfinger. Um, it's it's not a plant you see very often, um, but it's it looks it looks very much like a little. Um, like a little lamandra or something like that, but it's actually from New Zealand. Um, it's a little tuft-forming um, perennial, um, and the straight species of it, it's Libertia ixioides, um, doesn't get the doesn't get the kind of goldy goldy mid vein to the to the to the leaf blade on it. And the reason that I'm planting it in a client's garden is because I found it's one of the best plants to. Um, it's one of the best plants to match with like lime greens. So I'm underplanting an acacia lime magic with a mass planting of these. And there's something about the combination of the color mm. of these two together that just knocks your socks off. But anything lime green, um, is going to match really, really well with it. Um, and, and nice and tough, uh, James. Extremely tough. Good. Yeah. Very, yeah. very tough and likes, likes a lot of sun. Um, you lose a bit of the colouring if you grow it in too much shade. I was shade. going to ask that. Yeah, yeah. so you've got to you've got to give it a lot of sun to and keep how that colour there. It, get? How tall? it won't really get much taller get... than that. Maybe maybe half as big again. So we'd say thirty or forty centimetres. Yeah. Um, okay. But forms a really nice mat. It's a really good weed suppressor um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, but it's, it's a good one to have a look out for, especially those those kind of limey greeny tones and those more those more yellowy greeny tones. Mm-hmm. They're they're quite hard things to to place and to and to bring a sense of cohesion in a garden. But this mm. is a really good plant to kind of link those elements together. 
Um, one of the best, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think I think every time you see acacia lime magic for sale in a nursery, you should see these alongside of it because they just they match so well. Yeah, they're a match made in heaven. Um, and I, I presume it's pretty tough. It's extremely tough. So yes. it's it's New it's pretty pretty cosmopolitan um, in New Zealand where it's from. Um, and there have even been reports of it growing um, as an epiphyte, so you can you can be pretty confident okay. that it's really really mm. tough. So tell, tell tell the listeners what the epiphyte. Means. Oh, so an epiphyte is something that you know will grow on would grow on another plant or grow on a rock or something like that. Yes. So without soil, essentially, it mm. just kind of gets its roots around. See, other there's things those and... politicians again. <laughs> 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 They're getting their roots into everything. Aren't they? Yeah. Um, That's but, what the press tell us anyway. <laughs> but look, yeah, look, it's a really good one. It grows on cliff faces and that kind of stuff, so it's it's extremely tough. It's really well suited to Australian environments as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, best put in twelve of them rather than just one or two of them. Yes, yeah. and, and a decent mass planting yeah. would be great. Yeah. yeah, but they do fill out pretty quickly as well. So okay, you can, you can be a bit greedy with them. I've had gardens where I've taken pots like that, it's like fourteen centimeter pots, and broken them up into two or three plants. Oh, yeah, yeah. Six sure. months later, they've made significant clubs, and they yeah. seem to have they yeah. seem to like yeah. being yeah. divided up yeah. at planting well, time. Yeah, that's, so. that's very economical and a, well, a it good is. thing. Yeah. 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 And if you grow things on from that as a gardener, you get a real kick out of it. Don't yeah, you do. Yeah. Look yeah. at that, Good value for money. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Pam, 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 they they're able to see this on some of the magic technology. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, tell us about the magic technology, Pam. I've been telling listeners every every week. We the three CR gardening show is now on Facebook. If you if you are on Facebook, just uh, type in uh, 3CR Gardening Show. It will all come up. Click on like, um, and you'll you'll be able to mm. see uh, the plants we're talking about mm. each week. Mm. Um, and look, we we would love to get uh, uh, while you're looking at the at the page, we'd love your comments on mm. anything that we've put <laughs> up there. We try and put up. Um, some of the community announcements that uh, we talk about each week, uh, events that are taking place. As I say, we put up uh, comments about the plants we uh, we talk about each week. Um, we have lots of other other um, uh, things we talk about there. We'd love to add your your comments in any way, whether you agree, whether you've grown the plant yourself and you've found it uh, doesn't do well or does well in certain conditions. Mm. But uh, yep. we'd love you to, to join in the conversation on Facebook. Um, yeah. I, must, I must tell the listeners up on Facebook that I believe there's a, there's a photo of Grandma's Rose. There is. Is that right, Pam? There is, and now, we need to talk about that. The right? only thing that's missing is the perfume that you can smell off off that site, Pam. We've got to change that. <laughs> People have got to be able to smell things. <laughs> well, what's missing as well, Graham, is the flowers, because it's not flowering at the yeah. moment, so people have to be content with the label. Well, it, it's, it just to describe the flowers, it's a mid-pink, and it's a very cabbage type rose, mm. and it's, it certainly has an amazing perfume and will grow about one and a half metres high, so you could hedge it as well. Oh, good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. As a tribute, tribute to all the grandmas out there in the world. Okay. Hey, grandmas, they're the salt of the earth. Looking after all the grand grandkids and all the all the um the the men of the world. Right. That's, right. That's a problem too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pam told us that first thing in the morning. She said this studio is full of fellas. <laughs> this poor old Pam here by herself. 
<laughs> I'll survive. <laughs> but uh, you've also brought another rose which we haven't put up on online yes. there, Graham. Tell us about that one. Well, this is a rose that was released by Bruce Brundrett. Um, right. the famous rose grower mm-hmm. now becoming more famous with the, the new uh, varieties he's releasing and this is a gorgeous orange rose um, it's um, rather hybrid tea in its shape Got a, holds on as a really good bud and um, in all honesty in the last two years that I've seen it in the nursery I don't think I've seen a rose flower as much as mm. this rose mm. wow. and it's actually called the opportunity rose and there's some money from this go to uh, research on pancreatic cancer, and uh, Bruce Brundred has uh, released this as as a, a fundraiser in conjunction with Rotary. Mm-hmm. So that's called the Opportunity Rose, a gorgeous orange, similar in some ways um, to the rose people would remember. Remember me, ah oh, yes, which is a really yeah, fantastic yeah, orangey colour. Right, and orange is very still in with the colours of roses. It's probably the most popular colour. Um, closely uh, followed by the dark red rose. I was going to say, dark red's yeah, pretty hard yeah, to go yeah. past. Yeah, all, the, all the fellas go for dark yes, red roses. Yes, I know. They really do. <laughs> oh, they're unbelievable. When the fellas come in and say, oh, there's another dark red rose. Have a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, so many, so many new release roses are being, well, released each year. Yeah, yes. What happens to ones that have been around? Are they dropping off or um, are the good ones really still there? They're, they're the stayers? Yeah, the, the good ones are still there. The good ones still stay. Okay. And, and it's a process of, in some ways of elimination because those that don't perform very well will go, go very quickly off the market. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and so more and more um, uh, are people not interested in, in thorny roses anymore? or No, there's not a lot of people ask for thorny roses. Um, Again, maybe grandma and grandpas, they come in and they say, I can have the grandkids in my garden. I've got to have some thorny roses. <laughs> but very seldom do you ever hear of, of anybody being affected by, uh, you know, thorns on roses. Yeah, yeah. Kids learn real quick. They get a prick with a rose and they'll oh, keep away from right. that. So yeah. what about something like rugosa roses, for instance? Yeah. Um, do people still have those in their gardens? Um, there are some people that do have them. Uh, of course, the white rose um, Elba has always been very popular. Mm. And um, uh, but if you really want a tough, tough rose, the Rugosas are, are fantastic. Well, they tell, they're, they're they, great for the rose hips too, mm. aren't they? We've had customers from um, um, up around Korea and in the northern parts of China, and they've told us that those the Rugosas that will grow in the sea estuaries, which wow. is rather amazing. Wow. Yeah. And they're very, very um, fungus uh, resistant. Okay. They're very, you never see black spot on them or mildew. Yes, right. So, you know, rugosas, and most of them, <coughs> excuse me, do have a perfume. Okay. Which is, which is an advantage. And <coughs> they're, they're mainly uh, single flowers, and they're using the rugosas to, again, cross, cross back over the hybrid teas and the floribundas for that disease resistance. Right. Hmm. Very, very good, um, hardy, tough roses in, yep. in certainly drought conditions. Yep, excellent. Okay. Graham, while we've got the chance, um, you've brought in some citrus this morning, so uh, let's have a chat about yeah, the ones you've brought in. Things. Just just to add to what Graham was saying there, we were in Sweden and on one of the islands called Vis, Visby, 
and uh, they had a magnificent. I went to the botanical gardens as, as per usual, and they had a, a rose uh, garden there, Graham. That you Is would, that you, where they got the would, name for frisbee? No, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Off the beaten track there, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, they had a lot of old-fashioned roses and certainly a lot of David Austins and in, interplanted on the border and in between the roses they, they had lavender as well. Right. He went into that area and the, the fragrance in the air was just unbelievable. Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah. just beautiful to walk around and you know the fragrance bit for me with roses it's got, it's got to have fragrance, hasn't it? Yes. You know, yeah. I, I, I think that you look to look at the beauty. The other thing I was just going to say, Pam, I hope you don't mind me getting off the beaten track a bit. But when I was on this botanical tour, there's more ladies sort of go, go, go for the uh, botanical tour. One day I'm sit, 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 sitting on the boat and we're at a table of eight. I'm, I'm one male and I've got seven seven ladies on the. Oh, there, that'd so be that. a tour to so, go on, Graham. Oh, yeah. no, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I to we life. know why you loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> He always takes his wife with him. Yeah, he's he's very, very cool there. (laughs) I did did, did say to them, I don't know what you ladies are going to talk about, but if you wouldn't mind, retail therapy, we could leave the one on. And shoes, I don't think we'll talk about that. Hot flushes either. Otherwise, go for it. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks, Pam. Sorry okay, about that. so back to <laughs> be, the citrus. Be, be, behave yourself, Graham. Yes, back to the citrus. <laughs> the first one again, you'll be able to see these on the magic box. But a little kumquat, the kumquat that we usually see is a round one, spherical, elongated, and. Uh, you know, I've got uh, again a dwarf stock in, in, in a pot, and I showed our, our uh, fellow, fellow fellow gardeners here, uh, and it's just loaded in fruit, fruit, fruit at the moment. And I, I was wondering whether the team around here would be game enough to, to pop one in their mouth. The way you eat them is skin and all. It goes in the mouth and you just chew them up. Oh, this is the tingle tongue test. See what sort of response we get here. You've got to eat the whole lot. Yeah, the whole lot goes in a crunchy crunch. Yum. Mm. Whoa. They're great. Mm. That'll that'll wake you up first mm. thing in the morning. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> James, James's face is winching a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> this skin is still fairly crunchy. Yeah, true, true. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the sort of the, 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 the acidic thing and the, the skin flavour mm. is sort of complement. The combination yes. together is really lovely. Yeah, sort of, yes. sort of thing. So, mm. d- d- if you d- could d- see d- the studio in here, there's, there's people's <laughs> mouths going everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> chomping on these things. <laughs> the other one that you can eat skin and, skin and all is what they, they call a lime quat, a cross between a... A lime and apricot. Maybe mm-hmm. a, 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 a lime and an apricot. That's a sorry, no, no, oh, sorry, oh, 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 sorry, mate. I've gone right off the beam there. there. It's a, a, a lime and a kumquat. Right. Yeah, yeah, beg your pardon. That's a bit better. Yeah, sorry. It's a good, 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 good job. You're alert, Pam. Pam. <laughs> Beautiful and juicy, Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's certainly not mm-hmm. as astringent as the kumquat on its own, is it? Yeah. Silence, everybody. <laughs> this is so juicy, they're dribbling everywhere. Yeah, well, we've got juice running everywhere. <laughs> 
Now you don't get this. They on, are very. You juicy. don't get this on commercial radio, <laughs> now, look, <laughs> folks. What are the advantages? <laughs> Community radio is where it's at. I thought, thought I bought, bought well, here we have one, one tissue between the mothers. <laughs> <laughs> How well. else do you cook with them? Do you do anything else with them, or you just you uh, eat them all fresh? You know, I, I, I think it's fresh. Yep. My, my old dad used to have a collection of citrus, like, like, like I have, mm-hmm. and he would make a lot of marmalade out of them, of course. Yeah, I was going right, to say right. that. Yeah, yeah, that would be ideal good. for you, marmalade. You're right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, juice in those is outstanding, isn't it, Greg? Yes, it is. It is very juicy. Interesting flavour there. Yes. And... and James, you lead me off to other uses of it. The other mm. piece of uh, citrus that I brought, brought in today is, is a several orange. <coughs> and, and, uh, that's think, a whopper. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. huge, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, again, that's the best uh, citrus for making mar- mar- marmalade. Mm. You oh. get that lovely bittery flavour through, yes. through it. And it's, it's really lovely. Dad used to love, <coughs> love that. Uh, I could use that in the chook pen and say to the chooks, this is what marmalade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're on fire today. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Another good story. We, we had one of these in our old orchard down near, down near the road. And... Uh, as boys will be boys and they would go under the fence and they would pinch a bit of our fruit from time to time. You didn't really miss it too much and didn't worry too much about it. But the, the, the good ones, they, they would go for the several orange, pick them up, and you'd, you'd see them, you'd watch them sort of thing. They'd, they'd peel it and they'd take a mouthful of it and it's bit bitter as all get <laughs> out, you know. So, ah, good, good. Gotcha, you know. gotcha. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> as long as they weren't throwing them at each other, that's yeah, quite well, a missile. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, and the it's, other it's good thing. Pam about it. It, 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 it. That's a little bit immature. When it uh, matures, it's a really bright orange colour. Oh, okay. I think it's the best looking citrus mm. with, with the lovely glossy green leaves and the, that brilliant orange flower uh, mm. fruit fruit on it. It looks look, look, look so, so so attractive as a citrus tree. Excellent. Okay, fantastic. All right, let's go to our next caller. We have uh, Vic in Maribyrnong. Good morning, Vic. Oh, good morning, everybody. Vic. Look, I've got, a, I've got a few problems. Right, go ahead then. And I'm going out to the, I was at the grapevine. I'm going to go back there, bring in some scissors to cut one cone away from where a neighbour <coughs> tied it up. Ah. Look, it's a situation where I let her have a go at it, but it's been growing wild for years. Mm. And this is this. A heap of canes growing out of... Oh, geez, it's even hard to determine, and I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like there's a main a main sort of spot. There's two... There's two main <coughs> canes, yeah. if you want to call them that. Yes. Uh, you're talking something like two inches in diameter... Yeah, that's a big one, my goodness. And then where they've, where they've grown along, they've hit the ground and they're growing from there. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing, it's like a tin of spaghetti looking at this. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> it's a jack in the beanstalk, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. It's a real mess. It's a fixer-upper, I think. That's what we call it. <laughs> I don't know how far back I can cut all this crap and let it all start again. Mm-hmm. And, and looking, yeah. at, looking at these canes, it looks like... It looks like things are starting to green up. 
Um, I've just broken one of those new shoots. Yeah, it's definitely growing because it's, it's very green and sort of juicy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. So, so I'm at loss as to what I can cut back to where. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Is think... it grafted? Sorry? Is it a grafted vine? Nah, this thing grew out of the ground. Yeah, it grew yeah. was... from cutting a lot, so I think it's probably edited. cutting. It's never been cut back. Uh. And it just grows wild. Mm. I think you've got to take the that. Cane hit the ground. It sort of puts roots in there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Off it goes. Yeah. And, and sort yeah. of canes or branches go everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you've got to take the bull by the horns and, and cut it well, well, well back. You know, even get into pieces that are a, a, an inch thick if it's you know two inches thick. And the, mm. you know. And, you're not going to you're not going to kill it, yeah. No. So. And, and, and then you know the gen- general pruning for grapes, you you have a couple of arms go out, you know the the the, the canes uh, as you call them, and you t- to try and establish a, a, a little l- lateral about every every foot along that cane, and, and you cut those the, those laterals that grow out of there, you cut cut them back to about four four four, four buds each year is how, uh, how it works. So I think you've got to you know, chop chop it back well back, and then. To, to try and organise it so that you get two canes uh, coming out and, 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 and run them along, along the fence line if there's a fence there and, yeah. uh, and, 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 and get it going like that. You know, you're going to forego grapes for this next year by doing, doing that but I think that, 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 that's the way I would, I would, I would see it Vic. Mm. So every, everywhere where this stuff hit the ground and it's I'd, I'd dig that out. I'd cut it off and dig those ones out yeah, so that you're back absolutely. to your, your initial, um, uh, you know, main yeah, stem. I think that's that's yeah, a good, yeah. good, good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. do need pruning annually to keep them in check. Um, yeah, they, they're, not, they're not the kind of plant that you ever want to let go um, and grow of its own accord. Mm. You, you really do need to. You really do need to train a basic framework for it, and you need to cut it back to that every year to yeah. keep it in check. Vic, you want to get into it as quickly as possible. If you get into the the, the bottom borderline, if you cut a grape and yeah. it's too 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 late, mm. they'll bleed on you. You know, mm. so. Do it, do it, do it, do it today. Yeah. And do you have to paint anything on? Because yeah, the, these the cones are so heavy and thick. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. But gen- generally, this this paint painting sort of going out of focus. I don't know how you see it, James, but mm. you know they generally he- heal themselves pretty well. Well, that's right. Plants have been healing themselves for millions of years, and the idea yeah, of yeah. wound paint is just a bit yeah, of a, a bit yeah, too yeah. much human intervention, as far as I'm concerned. Good, good really, yeah, yeah. I, I'd see it like that as well. It'll yeah. just callous yeah. over mm. yeah, where yeah, you've true, cut. True, 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 true. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, you, there you go. Good, 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 good luck with it, mate. Oh, okay, that's question number one. Okay. The roses. I got mum's planted these roses. I, I, I suppose they're supposed. To, I know nothing about them. I suppose they're a climbing rose because they grow from the ground, and they grow long, <coughs> long stems, for want of a better word. And there's millions of them growing out of the ground. Right. Um, and, and I don't know what to do with them. What what sort of, what sort of flowers do they have on them? Is it a dark red flower or a white little white single flower? Oh, look, there's no flowers on them at the moment. No, no. No, but, but when they but in flower. But in the season. Oh, God, I wouldn't even know. I never noticed. It sounds very much like that's the rootstock that's come away, mate. Well, of, of 
every every one of there's quite a few of these damn bushes, and I don't know how far down to the ground to get rid of, or if I get three quarters or more of these stems and cut them all off. What do you do with them? Well, if 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 you don't if you don't want the rosé, it's a rootstock which will. If, the, if I can save some of it, but these things are. It's like eight foot high, and, and then they're falling all over the place. Well, cut cut them back to about a, about a, um, a half a metre from the ground. Just go in there, yeah. down, and how? What about thinning them out? Yeah, you can thin them out. Come back to about uh, four or five branches and leave it at that. Oh, fantastic! So okay. That's problem number two. Yes. Problem number three. Yes. Uh, <coughs> this. Oh. I don't know. Just keep calm, Vic. Keep calm. We'll be right. We're here to help. I'm going to do the pruning for you. Oh, anyway, she's gone and cut this. I don't know what it is. It's probably a fruit tree. And it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Again, that fruit tree's growing like that rose bush. Right. Everything's growing straight up in the air. Million sort of trunks or whatever you want to call them. Sounds like it's the rootstock taking over again with the fruit tree, to be honest. What do you do there? Are, are these limbs that you're talking about, are they coming from the base, the, the, the individual t- t- ten, or are they, are they more uh, uh, up top? They, they all come from the one spot down the bottom. You've got to take those right off at the trunk. Yeah. You've got to, got to determine which is the... Yeah. They're all coming out sort of next to one another out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. It's hard sometimes to, to de- define whether, you know, it, it is the stock that is shooting out, or it is the the the, the main tree that you you, you look, look looking to you know to, to to promote. And if you all the you know m- m- most of our fruit trees are graft are grafted, Vic, and and, and right down close close to the the base, maybe maybe six inches up up from the ground, you get a bit of a dog leg. And, and, and that's an indication that, that that's where the graft was, and you follow for, follow that piece up, and uh, uh, that, that that'll be your main tree. Anything else that's coming be, out of the ground, out of the tree from below that the, the little, little, little dog leg is is sucker. It's a stock, and it's, it's rubbish. So you you got to take all those out and just 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 leave what comes up from that dog leg. Well, that dog leg—they all appear to have that dog leg. <laughs> if you look closely, you—you will—you will, you will yeah, see it's like yeah. a swelling on yeah, the main yeah, on the main true. trunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand what you mean. Yeah. So, so anything that's above that graft point is fine. It's part yeah. of your your, yeah. your good fruit tree. Yeah, anything below has got to come off. It's it's the understock that's that's yeah. going bonkers. So you have to take that off back to the trunk. Okay, I'll do that. Otherwise, you wait until the, 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 the summer and, and you see which piece is giving you the fruit sort of thing and you say, ah, that, that, that's the good, good, good guy. Everything else has got to come come off. Oh, everything looks in the same condition. You can't tell one piece of wood from the next. Yeah, right. is, there any, is there any obviously, you know, leading branch that's bigger than the others that might go on to bear fruit or is it possible that the, the scion has com- died out completely and it's just the rootstock that's left? All of those, all this stuff. That's yeah, it sounds like it sounds like your scions died off, I reckon, mm-hmm. and it's just the rootstock that's left. So could, could, could be. It's true. it just might be an opportunity to take the whole thing out and, and <coughs> mm. plant yourself a nice new fruit tree. Absolutely. Uh, 
Okay, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> that way you don't have any more mucking around. You just get rid of the whole thing and end of problem. Yeah. And now the next one. Oh, jeez. Trying to get around in there. Now the next one, you were talking about lemon trees getting too big and yep. all wasp and all the rest of it. Yep. And I got that problem big time. You've got all of the above in, <laughs> a, in a big way. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is that that particular tree is... Uh, I'm trying to get out of this spot where I am. Oh. You all right? Yeah, I'm out of there now. I'm going to the tree. All right. Very good. So, this, this, that's, again, you know, something else has gone out of control. <laughs> So what do you, so you, it's, there's lots of there's lots of gall wasp in it. Um, it's too big. It's it's all of the above, and you want to know what what needs doing to it. And it's got it's making lemons at the moment too. Right. Good. Yeah, they look the lemons look fine. They're getting there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, all this. Yeah, I want to know how to cut this tree back too. I rang up the program once, and I reckon it's one of the problems why it makes root so few times is because uh, there's too much growth in it. But I don't really know how to cut this thing back. Mm. They're very forgiving uh, citrus tree. You can they chop are. them right back. You, you can you, chop them hard. You can go, go, go right back to, 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 say, two or three feet from the, 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 the soil level and cut cut right through if you want and it'll shoot, shoot out for you. Mm. If you've got an abundance of uh, gall wasp in it, it's probably the best way to go, Vic. Yeah, it's just right off the lemons that are happening. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's, that's right. That's true. You're going to lose, lose, lose the crop. You, you will lose yeah, the crop, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah. Um, Probably a little bit later would be a better time to go. They, it's with citrus trees. We like to prune them November, December rather than... November, December. Yeah, yeah. Leave it alone until November, December. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. then chop it hard. Get yeah. stuck into it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right then. I think we've got other people waiting there. We'll have to, we'll have to c- have call it quits, I think. Yeah. It's just that you like the lady said on the phone. You got the right people all under the all there at once. Today. <laughs> yeah, good, good on you. Yeah, good, good, good team. Going. Okay, well, best of luck with all of that. Okay. Good on you, Vic. Thank you very, very much. Okay, yeah, then. Yeah, good okay. luck. See you later. Bye. Bye. All right, let's uh, move on, and we have David in Ivanhoe. Good morning, David. Oh, good morning. How are you going? We're well, thank you. Oh, thanks for taking the call. Um, just, just a quick one. Um, I've we have a uh, poster plum and a few other fruit trees which I'd just quickly like to ask about. But we've had a, a bit of a, a busy um, winter season and we just haven't um, gotten around to, to, to pruning. And I've, I've noticed in the last week the Mariposa has actually started to... The buds are uh, just about to break open now. Um, yes. I think with this, this sort of unusual weather we've been having. Um, and just wondering, is it... Okay, I'm not, not so worried about... Um, losing a bit of fruit, but is it too late to prune to sort of structure at this? No, 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 not at all. You can get get into it. With, with the exception of grapes, you just got to watch that there. They will bleed if you cut them, and they start starting the, you know, the, the sap starting to flow. But no, for the next you know c- c- couple of weeks, no worries at all. You, 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 get, get, would that also be sorry? Yeah, sure. I, th- I think last week there was a, a, a call asking about pruning quinces as well, and uh, you tr- treat them. He hasn't rung back today, but. Uh, you treat them just like a poem, a poem. They're a poem thing, like an apple, a, a, a apple and a pear, and uh, cut out the 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 the, the 
shoots in the in the middle. Is this an espalatory dive that you're talking about, the Mariposa uh, plum, or is the it Mariposa a Mariposa at the moment? It's more of a sort of cup. Yeah, you know, generally those limbs going into the centre, you, you, you cut them out and, yeah. uh, you know, have, have a, train it into a vase shape, if you like, yeah. and, and uh, uh, you know, have about five or six little, little, little limbs that are going to give you a, a structure there. But uh, no, you, you go into it and do, do, do it in the next couple of weeks, you're fine. Yeah. Okay, thanks. And, and in terms of um, pear, apple, apricot um, and nectarine, is it the same thing? Would it still be okay? So, so, same deal, okay. yeah. Next couple yeah. of weeks, you, you, no, no worries at all. That's good. And just yeah. finally on the grape, then, um, because we have a couple of grape vines as well, that probably would do a bit of tidying. Is, is there a way you can tell whether it's too late or is it yeah, too you, late? Yeah, you, 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 you cut one of the laterals and just see if it's, get, it's, if it's sort of getting a bit too late, they start to drip. You know, the, the, the sap will just can't come out there and, and drip. So okay. you cut, cut one just for a test, and if it's really dr- dr- dripping, it's probably not a wise thing to prune, prune from here on in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Okay, good. Good. bye. Bye. Next up, we have uh, Anne in Northcote. Good morning, Anne. Anne, are you there? Hello, Anne. Anne? Anne, are you there? A, I can hear you. It's a bad connection by the sound. I am here. Thank oh, you. Yes. Okay. Good morning. Yes, go ahead. Thank you. Um, I have an A-star that's popped down. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm just wondering if... Um, sorry, who am I speaking with? Um, I'll I'll field that one if you're wanting to talk about root pruning, oh, Anne. My name's my name's James. No, that's all right. Hi, I couldn't tell if I connected. <laughs> no worries. Um, so it's a cut leaf, and um, yes, it's pot bound, and I don't think I'll be able to reduce it back to put it back into the pot. But if I can, that would be ideal. Right. Well, when I get it out of the pot um, again, because I tried the other week and it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um. I can put it in the ground, but just so that I don't cut the wrong roots. Yep. Does it have a taproot? Mm. If I cut the taproot, will that be a bad thing? Generally, generally not. Taproots are kind of a... It's a separate issue to what we're talking about, but taproots don't really exist. Um, but if you're talking about root pruning to get something back in a pot... Um, don't be afraid, especially with something like maples, to give it a root prune. Um, ideally, you want to go up a pot size, just kind of like the next pot size up. But if you if you do want to get it back into the pot that it's in already, um, you can you can prune the roots um, really quite hard. I mean, I'm not talking like taking a third off or something like that, but you can take around you know an inch or two off around all of the root ball to get it back in the pot that you've got it in. But the only problem with that is you're not going to get a little fresh potting mix in there with it. Um, so I mean, ideally, it should really go in the ground. Yeah, yeah, but, they yeah. do like their roots in the ground. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, if you can go mm-hmm. up, you know, a size, even two sizes in a pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in probably the biggest pot I can manage at the moment, so I think I'll put it in the ground. But the, the little hairy roots around the top, they're the ones that I should just um, be careful and leave. But the, the stronger roots underneath, yep. I... I'm quite safe to trim back. To yeah, you can that... you can basically trim around the whole root ball reasonably wholesale, um, okay. and and it's and it's pretty safe to do. Um, 
it is it is just like pruning above ground. You want to make sure your secchies are really, really sharp. Um, and clean. Yeah, Ooh. and very, very clean, yeah. especially when you're looking at root pruning, just because there's potential for, you know, a high number of pathogens and things in the soil that might cause you problems mm. later right. on if you, if you don't make clean cuts, especially with those larger roots. Um, so yeah, should she also, once she's cut that root ball and got it out of the pot, mm. um, should she also trim the top? To compensate. Yeah. I'm Which is going to be a <clears throat> bit of a pity a with the shape of the anyway. acer. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's a standard. It's a standard, yeah, right, oh. right. And it's quite, it's got a, like a nine centimetre trunk now, so it's quite, you know, old-ish. Yeah, okay, yes. right. right. Um, but also, will I just pop it into some seaweed solution um, while I've got it out and just give the roots a bit of a dunk in that before I pop it into the soil? Or yeah, definitely, definitely. That wouldn't hurt yeah. at all, and that will also help to encourage root growth. Mm. Yes, lovely. Yep. All right. Thank you. I don't want to kill it. And are cut leaf a little more sensitive to normal leaf varieties in... In terms of sun, ex- really? sun exposure, or... They, do, uh, they can get a bit sunburnt a bit more easily than a lot of the, right. a, a lot of the bigger leaf varieties, so, yeah. Got it. Okay. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it facing west. No, no, definitely no, not. No, no. All right, lovely. I, I think I've got it. Thanks very much. Okay, good right. on you. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, let me see. Where are we up to? Um, okay, we have uh, Robert out in Mitcham. Good morning, Robert. Yes, good morning all. Great show this morning. And uh, question mainly for Graham. I think uh, we've got the kumquat, uh, one of the overall ones. We think it's Nagami. Yes. One we purchased from uh, from Graham uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, possums got to it and stripped the bark off about the bottom 18 inches of the trunk. It's yeah. about uh, probably about a metre tall. Yes. Initially, uh, I wrapped it up in uh, in grafting tape, and it's it's yeah. it's still green, even though it doesn't seem to have a a, a line of bark all the way up. No, that's just wondering. Is there any hope for it? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to have a struggle there. If there was just one line of bark up, you know, that they would left for with the, taking the bark off right, right, right around. It's like, you know, how you ring bark a tree. And, uh, how does it look? How long ago was it, did you say? Yeah, it's about two months ago. Two months ago, and it's still no, got the leaves on. Green, and look, leaves oh, well. On it, which surprises me, but. Yeah, that's, well, there, there, there again, I think you've done the right thing if you, if you put, you know, a, a, a a bandage right around with the with, with the with the plastic. There's probably still you know uh, uh, circulation, if you like, with the the, the the sap getting through there. I think you've, you've, you're right on the wrong right track, and you can't do any any more than you've done there, there, there Robert. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Any any point in cutting it back? Yeah, for sure. It depends how well it looks, you know. If it's well, it, it yeah. doesn't look well, but as I say, it's still got uh, some, green, some leaves. Green, yeah. green leaves in, on that, it. In, that, in that case, a bit of a trim is not going not, not to you know, go go miss. That'll be a good idea. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think. Uh, uh, quite a quite a quite a few customers of mine sp- spread around the place. Those particularly the people who lo- 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 like their fruit trees. And, yeah, at uh, N- N- Nagambia was that was the one that we passed around. If you're listening earlier, and we, we ate, I, I ate them skin and skin and all. It's a, mm. it's, a lo- it's a lovely little fruit and a very yeah. adec- de- 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 decorative thing. Uh, I hope it comes come, come, of, come, of comes good for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I ask you something else too? We, we've also yeah. got a uh, uh, a nashi, uh 
that uh, you grafted for us with uh, a couple of other uh, pears on it. What's the best thing to feed it? Yeah, pears... You know, the old animal manure for fruit trees is, is really good. You know, your dynamic lifter, you get cow manure, sheep, sheep manure. I, I love put, 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 putting animal manure on, on, on my garden, to tell, tell you the truth. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, I think, I think, you know, if, if you haven't got access to that sort of, sort of thing, the old, you know, to, 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 Two 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 four two a chemical fertilizer is you know in, in the old orchard days when we grew so many of the fruit trees we put the chemical f- fertilizers on and it's a bit of a uh, you know people the greenies don't l- 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 like the thought thought of chemical fertilizers these days but uh, you can still get good results from them. The, uh, the pre-packaged cow manure is that? Uh, yeah, that, that's fine for you. That, yeah, too, too right. It's a milder fertilizer. You've got to put a bit more more, more on, we reckon, with <coughs> cow manure than say chick, chick, chicken manure is the strongest, uh-huh. high nitrogen and stuff. But uh, yeah, either either either. The other thing is to mix it up a bit. You know, give them a feed of sheep and sheep manure. This this then a couple of months down the track, track put your fowl manure. On. Another two months, put 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 cow manure on. You know, they, they like a bit of a mix. They Pick the best out of those worlds, and you get a good, 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 good result. There you go. <coughs> Just going, going back to the, the kumquat for a moment, how long should I leave the grafting tape on it? Yeah, I'd leave it on for another year. Yeah, I'd leave it there. It's only if it expands and gets going that the danger is there, but if it's damaged to that extent, it's going to need a bandage for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Good on okay. you, Robert. Good to hear from you, mate. Without being greedy, can I ask something else? Why not? If you're quick. <laughs> okay. Quinces, do they grow? Do they fruit only on new wood? Uh, no, you get uh, it's more spur wood, like the, you, you palm, like your a- a- apple and pear. You do. I think it's more more, more sec- second year wood. Yeah, yeah. And are you contactable? Yeah, yeah. good good on you. <laughs> uh, he wants to know if he can contact you, Graham. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. I've got my mobile there, Robert. Uh, uh, 041 yep. 84810 yep. 2610 yeah. Thank you all very much Good on you mate. Okay. Bye. Bye 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 lemon tree that's about yes. 10 years old yes. and um, it was very dense and we had a fellow come in and prune it to oh, open yeah. it out a bit and, yes. and and then somebody else pruned it and they they, they reduced the height a bit because it was getting yeah. a bit uh, high. Yeah, that's always a good idea. And, yes, well what's happened is that the um, it's just gone berserk, it's headed skywards mm. with about um, 8 or 10 mm. branches that have just gone mm half the height of the tree again um, and um, without any side branches to them we had them we had we that happened last year and then we somebody came in and pruned those off and then they've gone again and they're growing like the clappers Mm. and we're wondering what to do should we just leave them and not worry about it 
It's always a pro- problem. That I one, think it's yeah. the Eureka. Particularly where people are looking after their tree and you're giving it good fertilizer and good, good, good water and away it goes. And uh, you cut it, cut it, cut it back. But I think, you know, that's the only solution. I, generally, when you cut back, uh, if you keep cutting back, instead of having th- th- three or four uh, gigantic, you know, stems that go go up to the heavens, you, you you'll get more stems, and th- that you know, the energy going into a whole lot of stems means it's not going to go as high as it other- otherwise would. But, I, you know. They're, like I said before, they're very amenable to pruning, and you 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 cut into them and, and keep cutting. You, okay, I, I was saying that November, December is the best time to do it, but right through that summertime and in, in, into mid, mid mid autumn, you can keep at it and just you know persist and cut 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 back. I think is, is the best advice well, I, could, I could give so, you, David. So yeah. you're saying these really tall ones, we should cut them yep. right back to say where they've joined the original. No, uh, yeah, not quite as quite as far as that. I'd sort of bring them maybe, maybe 30, 30 centimetres from where they originally came out, something like that, sort of so, so severity. Right. Thank you, Graham. Yeah. Look, just yeah. last week, a few years ago, we had a, a, a apricot tree, a, a, a trigraft, yes. which the lorikeets killed. I rang you at the time. The lorikeets yeah. completely killed it. Yeah. And, but underneath, we had a lot of seedlings from the fruit the year before. Okay. And we asked, rang to ask you if it was worth planting one, and you gave us the sort of maybe, yeah, maybe it won't that, be any good. Right. I'm just letting you know, we, yeah. we grabbed one of the seedlings and yeah. moved it, planted it in a different spot, and it is just magnificent. Yeah, and you're getting fruit of it? Oh, yes, just oh, magnificent there, there fruit. You go. The, the, the flavour yeah. is actually better than yeah. any of the yeah. three. It's a little bit hit, hit, hit and miss, that one. You know, you can get yeah, really, 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 really rubbish or you can get something. But, you said but, it was anyway. Yeah, it was fantastic. That, that's where the new varieties come from. It was old Granny Smith that found, found, found an apple tree that had grown from a seed down <laughs> the backyard. And, you know, that, that, that's, you know, it could... This, could, one, won't, this yeah. won't be an, an, another Granny Smith because no. it doesn't crop as heavily okay. as um, people uh, would want. But no. we, we get, um, you know, maybe 100 fruit. Very good, yeah. yeah right. That's sort of amazing. Oh, well, that, that, that worked out well for you. That, that's very good. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for that advice, Brian. Good on you, mate. Okay, See bye. You. Bye. Right, we've got a, a few queries from the outside line we need to get through in a hurry. Um, firstly, uh, Marie or Marnie in Red Hill um, missed uh, what you said about the rootstock for the citrus, Graham. Now, uh, <laughs> We were talking about sandy soils. I don't yeah. know. Red Hill wouldn't be sandy, no, would it? No, no, certainly not. Usually, I, I would go for a trifoliata rootstock in in, in that place. You know, the advantage you get with the trifoliata stock, it'll it'll take a wood, wood logging and it's fine. Uh, the, 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 the other thing with the trifoliata stock, the, the fruit is actually sweet, sweeter mm. on the on the tree than if you have a rough lemon or citronella. Indeed, when uh, I was up at Hawkesbury Agricultural College as a lecturer for a while, and the local c- citrus growers there, if there, there was a glut, glut, glut year, they, uh, the, the, the factories wouldn't wouldn't take those on the, the, the oranges that were grown, grown grown on rough lemon. They they would demand it on on the trifoliata because they knew that there's more sugar. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sweeter fruit. So if you'd red 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 red, red heel, Murray. Certainly, trifoliata is your best stock. Okay. Uh, and another one, uh, a listener in queue wants you to suggest three nectarines. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
it, it depends on whether you want a yellow flesh or you want a white flesh. Probably the best white flesh one is what they call gold mine nectarine. The uh, in a yellow flesh, there's one called sundowner, which is a good thing because of our warming of our climate. A lot of the nectarines need, n- n- needed a cold winter before they would actually, you know, uh, 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 hold onto the, the, the buds. But uh, sundowner is a low, low, low chill one; it'd be, be ideal ye- ye- yellow one. And then uh, there's a there's a range of uh, you know, that one es- uh, escapes me. Uh, uh, of other ye- 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 yellow flesh varieties, but uh, uh, I knew that one so well, Pam. But uh, the, the, old, the old brain's lost, lost that lot at the moment. But you know, it'll come back. Yeah, if you wanted a white one, gold one, mine. If you wanted one, 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 wanted a yellow flesh one, it's certainly sundowner is a, a recommendation. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Um, and again, uh, a caller in Maidstone must have missed uh, what you were saying earlier about. Uh, about uh, chopping back a grapevine um, now, and you were yeah, saying yeah. try one yes. to see if it bleeds. If it exactly. bleeds, it's too late to yeah. cut the rest of it. Exactly. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you can go to it, but it's got to be done yeah. right, pretty right. much now, right, 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 right now. Right, 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 right on. Yeah, that, that's, that's right, 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 right on, Pam. Yeah, yeah thank you. Okay, fine. Um, and, uh, Graham, you, um, you brought in a little article you wanted to quickly mention. Uh, well, Pam, in the news, of course, is the, is the court hearing in the U.S. about um, uh, glyphosate, mm-hmm. and uh, we have uh, some some really interesting news, very good news, by a gentleman by the name of Ray Harrington, big cropping areas, and what they're actually doing is that once they take the wheat and oats and things off, off the crop, this unit that he's, he's put together actually crushes up the weed seed at the same time and it sorts out the grain, the good grain they want to keep from the weed seeds and pushes it out into the paddocks as, as, a, as a mulch. Right, right. So um, it's, it, once again, another Aussie invention, hey? Mm. Yeah. And it was, it was publicised at um, uh, the um, uh, Mallee Field Day, so people who are interested in that, they could, they could, um, or they could ring me at the nursery and I can give them some details on, on Mr Ray Harrington. Okay. And again, Graham, we should just quickly emphasise, we've been saying for years not to use Roundup and glyphosates, um, but uh, this court case in America is really emphasising it, isn't it? The big uh, chemical company, I don't know whether I mentioned the name of the massive one, there's been a a court case and with the school grounds, Groundsmen, a 46-year-old, is, uh, have lymphoma, lymphoma, and they've traced it back to the, uh, the, the, the the regular spraying that this guy did did, did in his school ground, and there's been an award of two two hundred eighty-four million million dollars awarded to him. So there's a bit of guilt coming out there. It's you know mm. uh, where these big companies tried to tell you that it's a harmless thing and it breaks breaks down to an inert the thing, you know. There's a a fair bit of doubt there. Oh, there certainly is. The implications for that judgment are global Mm. across many, many industries. It's big, big news. That's true. It'll be exactly. Yep, so stay tuned. Mm. We have run out of time for another week. I have to say a huge thank you to Carol because she's been um, handling all the phone calls this morning. It's uh, She's done a great job. We will, of course, uh, be back again uh, next week at 7.30. So until then... Bye for now.